Welcome to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life podcast with Delane ND, the podcast for people looking to correct chronic illnesses such as diabetes through lifestyle change. I'm Dr. Delane Vaughn. As a physician, I see many patients who are ill because of lifestyle decisions such as food choices. Typically, diseases such as diabetes are managed with pills or injections. This approach creates a vicious, expensive, and unhealthy cycle of medication and then more medication to address the negative side effects. As a physician and a life coach, I work with clients to resolve their diseases, get off their medications, and live a naturally healthy life. If you don't like the healthcare system in America, I recommend you use less of it by being naturally healthy. So if you feel there has to be a better, more natural way to live a healthy life, you are in the right place. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life with Delane MD podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Delane Vaughn. For those of you who are new to the podcast, I am a board-certified family practice doctor and a certified life and weight coach. I combine those two skill sets to help people learn to live naturally healthy lives. For some of my clients, that means that they come off their medications for things like diabetes or high blood pressure or high cholesterol. For other of my clients, that means that I help them do things like lose weight so that they can guarantee that they never develop some of those conditions like diabetes, high cholesterol, or high blood pressure. So that's what this podcast is kind of dedicated to, is to giving strategies, giving techniques, helping people to understand the science behind how to live a naturally healthy life. So today... I'm going to talk to you guys about taking a pause, about why it's so important to learn to slow it down in life. So where do we see this being a problem? We see this being a problem in all sorts of ways. Slowing it down in life can apply to slowing it down with the things that you're doing so that you can have some more peace and some more uh, tranquility in your life, really less stress, because we know the act of having stress or the experience of having stress in our life does have a negative impact on our health. And it doesn't seem to make sense. It didn't make sense to me when I was in my 20s and I was like, go, 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 constantly in that mode. But what we're realizing is that we get a, we when we're in that mode, when we're in that stress, that high stress mode, we get this release of cortisol into our body. And that cortisol tends to cause all sorts of problems in our body. We're not really meant to be under the effect of cortisol all the time. So yes, slowing it down can be related to slowing it down. But what I want to talk about is slowing it down when we eat. So what the problem is here, how this presents itself is that we typically, for those folks who are trying to live a naturally healthy life by only eating when you're hungry, not eating for emotional reasons, really changing our relationship with food. So not using food to manage our emotions, only eating when we're hungry, stop eating when we're full. Maybe we're looking at doing intermittent fasting. Maybe people are looking at doing longer fasts for the benefits of autophagy. So those long lasting effects of fasting that are really beneficial to our human bodies. When we're trying to change that relationship with food, sometimes that heightens the intensity of our focus on food. So when it's time to eat, we snarf our food down. Snarf is the word I like to use. Autocorrect doesn't correct snarf, so I believe it must be a real word. But what that is, is like we're highly intensely focused on the food and we're just gobbling it down, like just shoveling our food in our mouths. We snarf that food down very quickly. And what that leads to is not really enjoying our food. When we snarf it down so quickly and we have all this intensity associated with it, we don't enjoy our food. And then that leads us to going back for more food. 
because we didn't enjoy the food in the first time. We didn't enjoy it properly. We didn't take the time to really focus on the food and enjoy it. We were too busy snarfing it down. So this cycle, of course, leads to overeating. The overeating, of course, leads to things like obesity and high blood pressure or high uh, blood sugars. Um, because we then get excited about eating things that are processed, right? Like a lot of times that's what we eat. And when we decide that we messed it up and we're going to throw in the towel, then we of course turn away from eating carrots too quickly and too much to eating crackers, to eating chips, to eating little Debbie snack cakes, to eating cookies, to eating ice cream, to getting into that highly processed foods. Um, the highly processed foods lead to things like high blood pressure, the foods like pizza or little Debbie snack cakes or the donuts, the highly processed, you know, and even like fresh donuts from Dunkin' Donuts or your local donut store. Those tend to have fats in them that are not high quality fats. And that's really what turns into things like high cholesterol. So all of these things tend to lead us down the path. When we snark that food down, we don't learn to enjoy, enjoy it. We don't take the time to enjoy it. All of that tends to cause us to have these chronic conditions, obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, that really keeps you from living that naturally healthy life. The other thing that it does is it tends to really bring anxiety into our eating time. It brings anxiety that's associated with our eating time. And then of course we perpetuate this anxiety with eating, with each eating time, all right? Like I have anxiety about the eating time and then I have anxiety that I'm gonna overeat because I snarf my food down and then there's anxiety that I'm gonna eat the wrong foods that's initially what it looks like, but then like tomorrow or maybe a week after getting in that habit of associating anxiety with our eating time, the anxiety even moves outside of our eating time, right? So this whole week I spent being anxious about what I was going to eat. Was I going to eat the right things? I snarfed the food down. There was, you know, this craving after I was done eating that made me think I need to eat more food. And then I wasn't sure it was going to be the right foods. And am I eating too much? Am I, you know, not serving my health goals? There's anxiety associated with that. But after a week of that anxiety, it turns into anxiety pre-meal. Like it's almost two hours to what I'm going to eat. Is it going to be right? Am I going to slow down? Am I going to do it the way that I need to? Am I going to enjoy my meal? Am I going to overeat? And then that anxiety then starts even inching its way earlier and earlier and earlier in the day. So the crux of all of this is that we feel unsatisfied with our food and we feel anxious with our food. We feel unsatisfied with our meals and we feel anxious about our meals. We feel unsatisfied with mealtime and we feel anxious about mealtime. And again, many of these chronic diseases that we're talking about really comes from eating foods because we're mismanaging these negative emotions, right? So obviously what I've described here, anxiety associated with food times or anxiety causing us to snark down our food and then being unsatisfied. So we go back for more foods. That's a negative emotion that we manage with food. But then in addition to that, we're also managing just the negative emotions of our day, the stress of work, the stress of raising a family, the stress of being a good spouse, the stress of being a good child, adult child to our um, elderly or aging parents, the stress of all of these things, like just the stress of life, like life has stress associated with it. 
we, a lot of times for those of us, if you are listening to this podcast, my suspicion is you are one of those people who have used food to manage those negative emotions. And I really call this mismanagement because when we recognize that food is really a poor manager of my emotional state, like we think I'm going to go out and I'm going to eat the cake. I'm going to eat the ice cream. I'm going to eat the tots. I'm going to eat the pizza. I'm going to eat the wings because it was a rough day at work. And initially, like we tell ourselves the story that like, oh, that's going to make me feel better. And yes, for a short period of time, due to neurochemistry in your brain, you will release neurotransmitters that will make you feel better for a short period of time. However, that bad day at work does not go away because of tater tots. That fight with your spouse does not go away because of pizza. That thing that your child did that your child's teacher called you about that you're pretty disappointed about does not get undone because you had the ice cream. Your parents' bad diagnosis does not go away or get fixed because you had cookies or whatever the food was, right? These things don't go away because we eat the foods. We still have to manage whatever that negative experience is that we're wanting to buffer away with food, right? So I always say that food is a poor manager of these negative experiences that we're having in our life. It doesn't fix anything. So this is a, this is what we call in life coaching that I call when I work with my clients, we call this buffering. So a simple definition of what buffering is, is buffering is when we look to external things to change our emotional experience, when you break it down, buffering is something that you do to keep you from having the full impact of your emotional life. Buffering is something that we do to keep us from having the full impact of our emotional life. We really, it allows us, buffering allows us to avoid or hide from reality. It allows us to procrastinate what needs to be done. And it allows us an opportunity to ignore the negative experience. So today, what I'm talking about specifically, though, is learning to lessen the anxiety that we create around eating times without utilizing food to buffer it away, right? Food is something that is causing us to be more ill. It's causing things to be worse if we use it to manage these negative experiences. So figuring out how to manage these negative experiences without buffering. So the breakdown, I'm sure you've told yourself the story that this is the time I get to eat today, right? Like many of us have this experience. It's time to eat. This is the only time I get to eat today. I better eat. I don't get to eat just any old time. I can't eat everything. This is all that I'm going to get to eat. Or I've waited so long to eat and now it's time. I don't get to eat again for a long time, right? We have all these stories. Think about it, feel it in your body, feel how it feels to you. But most people experience something like anxiety, rushed or hurriedness, deprivation, even chaos from this story or a version of this story. Frequently, it causes us to be distracted from what's going on in our life outside of the food, right? The food distracts us from our life, right? The food distracts us from eating dinner with our families spending time with our spouses, spending time with our children. If you're eating lunch, like at lunch and you're going through this, that lunch distracts you from your work. I mean, even if you take the break from your workday, move from your desk to the eat, to the break room to eat your lunch, 
your thoughts about it's about time to eat. It's almost time to eat. Do I eat early? Do I wait? I can't wait to eat. I'm so hungry. I want to have this time to eat. It's almost here. All of that stuff before you eat distracts you from the work that you're doing during your workday. And then, of course, again, we feel quite anxious, quite hurried. Sometimes we almost feel desperate. And in that space of desperation, of anxiety, of hurried, we snarf down our food. And when we do this, we have all sorts of thoughts about our mealtimes. We don't take the time to actually savor the food because we're wrapped up in all of these thoughts. We're wrapped up in this experience that's creating this anxiety in our bodies. And then, of course, when we don't take the time to actually savor and enjoy the meal, what ends up happening is we feel really unsatisfied with our food. Many times, we answer that dissatisfaction. We're like, oh, I'm not satisfied. I must need to eat more. I better eat more. More food is the answer. And of course, this leads to overeating or adding foods to our meals that really don't serve our health or serve our, our goals. So what's the solution here? The solution here is to really slow it down. Take a breather in your meal time. Take a breather even before your meal time. So it's really interesting when you look at the studies, the research about this, there is a great, um, it's a research study. It's been turned into a lot of things. I believe there's a book. I know there's a website, but there's a lot of information out there about the blue zone research, the blue zones. So the blue zones, what the blue zones are, the blue zones are essentially the societies, the cultures, the communities really in the world that have the highest concentration of centenarians. So what is a centenarian? A centenarian is somebody who lives to 100. So these communities, these blue zone communities have high concentrations of people who are 100 years or older, okay? And the research that they have about slowing it down, they have a lot of stuff. I mean, everything from really removing those stressors in our daily lives, like from our working experience from our working lives, like dealing with those stressors, slowing it down, have family time. They have all sorts of great information about slowing it down. But specifically what I want to talk about is how it shows that people, that cultures who pray before their meals tend to eat less food. So what's the deal with this? Are these folks less hungry? Are they less compelled by dopamine in their brain? So they tend to eat less food because the dopamine isn't so compelling to them? Are they mutant freaks that just don't like to eat? All of that's highly unlikely. What they do find is that they take time to slow down. The process, the act of praying before your meal is an act of intentionally slowing down the feeding process, slowing down your meal time. It's an act of setting an intention of gratitude for your meal and it's a pause, I mean like an active pause from the daily activities to focus your mind on the food that you're about to get to experience, right? Like there is no just eating at the desk and munching, right? Like it's sitting down with your food, praying before the meal and setting that intention of gratitude and of slowing down your day to focus on your food. What these people then get from that experience, from that process, from that prayer, from that setting this intention of gratitude and slowing it down is that they enjoy their food more and they are more satisfied by the food that they eat. So they tend to eat less. So that's one part of it, slowing it down. And then the second part of it is really getting intentional. What do you want to think at the end of your meal 
so that you have the feeling of satisfaction, of being satisfied, because it's a lot easier to not eat more food if you feel satisfied at the end of the food you did eat. So thinking, this is the only time I get to eat, is probably not the thought that is gonna lead you to feeling satisfied. Try it out in your bodies. Think it to yourself right now. When I think this is the only food I get to eat, this is the only time I get to eat, do you feel satisfied? Most people find that they don't. For me, what comes up for me is anxiety, and that anxiety leads me to rush through my meal. Rushing my meal gives me the result of my meals are too short, and I don't get to eat more, and I don't get to enjoy it. So your thought might be different, so get curious with it. See what it is. If you're overeating in the moment, think about what that looks like, and think about what you're feeling. What, ask yourself, what am I feeling in the moment? Am I feeling rushed? Am I feeling deprived? Lots of people deal with deprivation. Deprivation is a feeling and that comes from the thoughts that you're having, what you are thinking about the meal. If you are thinking, this is all I get to eat. If you are thinking, those other people that I'm eating with get to eat so much more. If you are thinking, there's no other time I get to eat just this time. If that's what you're thinking, you're probably going to get some version of deprived. Most people feel like deprived feels badly. If you are the kind of person that meets bad feelings with eating more food, you are making it harder on yourself. Um, sometimes people deal with feelings of scarcity. There's not enough. This isn't enough. What if it's not enough? This may not keep me full. What am I going to do? These feelings are very common in people who struggle with overeating and people who struggle with eating foods that make their body sick. And again, if you're listening to this podcast, the chances are really good you're one of those people. You are one of the people that struggle with what the food is that you're eating and making sure that it serves your health. A side note, many of times people will describe their feelings in a phrase. So recognize feelings are really one word experiences that describe vibrations in your body. Anxiety is a great one because most people have experienced this and it really does feel like a vibration for a lot of people. So try to narrow down what that feeling is to one word. The phrase that you're giving yourself is typically the thought that you're having that drives the feeling, right? So a lot of times I'll ask people, you know, what are you feeling? And they'll say, I feel like I don't get any more. I'm not going to get any more food. And I'll be like, yeah, that's your thought. I'm not going to get any more food, just this. What is the feeling that comes with that? And a lot of times it's deprived. A lot of times it's fear. Like I'm afraid I'm going to be hungry again. Scarcity, all of these different things are the feelings, okay? So if you can name that feeling, that one word feeling, then ask, why am I feeling that way? What am I anxious about? What am I feeling deprived about? What, am, what is scarce? What's, what is that that's driving scarcity for me? This, of course, will give you the thought that you're having. So if having a feeling like deprived isn't going to get you to the result that you want, which is living a naturally healthy life, getting off your medications, losing weight, those kinds of things. If deprived isn't going to give you the result of that because deprived feels bad, most people, when they're feeling deprived or they're feeling fearful that they're not going to get enough food, they'll eat more food. That's the action that comes along with it. And the result is they have extra weight on their body. They eat foods that make themselves sick and they want to change that result, right? So if the feeling that is driving you to eat more food is not working for you, what feeling will? That's the question. So 
when you figure out what that feeling is, sometimes it's determined, sometimes it's disciplined, sometimes it's challenged. Like I feel like I have a challenge to figure out how to do this differently, right? Whatever that feeling that you think will give you the act of not eating, whatever that feeling is that you know will give you the act of not eating, something that makes you sick. And if you can't figure out what that is, take a minute and find a time where you did like only eat the salad and only eat what was in front of you, even though there was pizza right next to you, even though there was the opportunity to eat something else, you really stuck to what it was that you knew would serve your health, okay? Find that time in your head and figure out what was it that I felt in that moment? How did I manage it? And then lean on that, lean on that experience and go back to that experience and have that drive your future decisions as well, right? So some, like I said, those are some feelings, um, determined, challenged, committed, all of those feelings tend to drive the act of serving your goals of having an action that serves your goals. Figure out what thought it is then that drives those feelings. Here are some options. Here are some things I'm going to give you. Try on these thoughts, see how they work for you. So one big one, and I hear this from clients all the time because I give this to them, like hunger is not an emergency. It's okay if I'm hungry. I can figure out what I need to do even though I'm hungry because hunger is not an emergency, right? So a lot of times people struggle with this. We really do have this feeling and it's almost taught in our society to treat hunger as if it's truly an emergency. Like you're hungry, you better eat. If you don't, something's going to happen, right? Like inherent, like silently tacked on to the end of you'd better eat is, oh my gosh, if you don't, something's going to happen. Recognize nobody, like very few people in America are truly starving to death. We talk about feeding the hunger, hungry, which is a really noble cause, but most Americans don't truly know what hungry is. In fact, most Americans, especially the people, again, who are listening to this podcast, tend to be eating themselves into the grave. It's not like they're not eating and that's what they're at risk of dying from. They're at risk of dying. Most people are at risk of dying because of the food that they're putting in their body, not because of a lack of putting food into their body, okay? So recognizing hunger is not an emergency. Nobody is starving to death in America for the most part. Again, like there are kids who are abused and there are people who are abused and I don't wanna downplay or act like that doesn't happen. But that is not the majority of what we're seeing in America. That is not the majority of deaths in America. Most of the deaths in America are related to people doing things that hurt their health, that hurt their body, putting food into their body that hurts them. So hunger is not an emergency, I think is a great thought to have to drive that act of kind of slowing down and, and really enjoying your food. Another one, when I slow down my eating, I get to eat longer. This one really works for me. Like, if I just take a minute and slow it down, I get to enjoy this food longer. Another thought, food is enjoyable and I don't want to miss out on that enjoyment. Another thought that might serve you, this food serves my body and I want to spend some time and focus on it. My cat's here with me on my lap, guys. Kitty cat's saying hi. I don't know if you can hear it. So I want you to try, you know, spend some time and figure out what is it that will give you a feeling that causes you to slow down and enjoy that food. 
slow it down. Don't snarf your food. If you find that you are snarfing your food at your mealtime, this is the work that you really need to put some time into doing because this is really going to be a game changer. This is going to up level your experience. I had somebody just recently text me and say, you know, I'm really stuck at this plateau and I can't figure out how to change it. And they're one of the, I, and I've heard this from them a few times and I've heard it from other people. Like, I don't know what else I can cut out of my diet. Like there's not anything else. I've cut out all the processed foods. I'm eating foods in their natural form. I'm not eating fruit every day. I don't eat all day long fruit. What else can I cut from my diet? Like, I don't think you need to cut anything else from your diet. I think you really need to slow down and enjoy your meal and see how that goes. So this of course is the work that I do with my clients. This is the stuff that we figure out. This is how to up-level your game. You don't need another food plan from Weight Watchers or to figure out how to count your points in a different way. You don't need to buy your food from Jenny Craig. You don't need another uh, food service program. What you need to do is to figure out how to enjoy the food that serves your body so that you don't want to eat the food that doesn't serve your body. That's really what you need to learn. That's the, That's going to up-level your health. This is what we work on when you coach with me. This is what we work on in life coaching. Again, this is where I combine my skills of being a physician to know the science about what your human body needs with my skill of being a life and weight coach so that you can figure out a way that makes it sustainable. That's what I do with my coaching. If that's something you're interested in, please send an email to delane at delanemd.com. Let's set up some time so that you can figure out through a consult, the consult's free, you figure out whether this is something that can work out for you. If you're interested in more information, certainly you can go to my website, delanemd.com. If you have any questions about this, send me an email. I'm happy to answer anything. Again, the email delane at delanemd.com. I hope you found this helpful. Let me know if you need anything or have any questions about it. And I will talk to you next week. All right, bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Also leave me a review. If you want to resolve your diabetes naturally without any pills or injections, I can help you. Visit DelaneMD.com for more information. Click on the work with me tab, send me a message, and we can set up a mini coaching session. You guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.